All right, say good morning. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shear. Sorry. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat. To thank the Elba Mishpacha for dedicating the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of beloved husband and father Jerry Yaakov Kapobit Avram Menachem, as well as to thank Mrs. Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of her husband Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi, on the occasion of his ninth yard site. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Nisham will have an Aliyah, the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. Both with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, in a really incredible and exciting sugya. So today's daf is Pei Aleph 81. We are picking up Emir Hashem on Pei Amad Beis at the two dots. At the two dots, Nitma uh, Tumas Hatahom. So if you remember again, so the Mishnah spoke about, speaking about halachas of Tumah. Specifically, again, circumstances under which, under which the carbon Pesach could be offered up in a state of Tumah. And halacha lamaisa, the tzitz would be meratza. So remember, the Mishnah made a distinction between Tumas HaPesach and Tumas HaBailim. Right? So for example, if the Pesach was accidentally offered up in a state of Tumah, in other words, when I say accidentally, is the Pesach was Tameh, you didn't know it until after the Zeriga, the Tzitz is Meratza, right? So the Tzitz has the ability to affect atonement. But conversely, Nitmah HaGuf, but let's say it turns out that the owner of the Pesach, right, the Bailam, the Baal, or, or someone in the Chaburah was Tameh, the Tzitz is not Meratza for that, right? So the Tzitz could take care of the Tumah of the Karban, the Tzitz does not take care of the Tumah of the individual, of the owner. So the Gemara says, as, so I'm sorry, so the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah then goes on to explain, Nitma Tumas Hatahom, if there was Tumas Hatahom, which we'll define in just a moment, the tzitz is also meratza for that. The tzitz is meratza for that. So the, Gemara, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara explains. So remember, we saw in yesterday that Rashi had a definition of Tumas Atahom, which effectively was Tumas Safek. Tumas Safek, right? Uh, doubtful Tumas. Now, we'll say, as we're going to go through the sugya, we're going to see that's not really the definition, even that the Gemara itself accepts, that really Tumas HaTumah, we'll say, means Tumah that pretty much you could not have known about, right? Tumah that is just not readily observable, and the truth is, a person could just not have known about. There was no way for you to really be vigilant about the avoidance of this Tumah. We're going to see, it's interesting to see that Rashi translates this as Tumas Safik, when we're going to see the Gemara pretty explicitly utilizes the definition I just, I just used for you, and that's what the Ramam is going to do as well. So again, let's, let's, begin, the, let's begin this interesting sugya. Says the Gemara, Nitma Tumas Hatahom. So says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Boy Rami Barchama, Koin Hamarat Sebekamano Sehen, Chutrolo Tumas Hatomolo. So it's an interesting Shiloh here. So Barchama asks as follows What about a Koin? who goes ahead and performs the service of the Karbanos. So the Shaila is, is Tumas Hatahom, does Tumas Hatahom work for him or not? When I say work for him, I will say, what happens if a coin is impacted by Tumas Hatahom? Does the Tzitz have the ability to be Meratza for that or not? So I'll say, so what's interesting about this is as follows. Is that halacha lemaisa? We're assuming that when the Mishnah says that tzitz is meratza for tumasat to home, what does it refer to? Bepashtos the carbon pesach. 
Right? That's the Pashas what it's referring to over here. The Shaila is, what happens if the Kohen who's doing the Avoda, what happens if he contracts Tumas to home? Right? He, he contracts Tumas from this unknown or quote-unquote unavoidable, when I say unavoidable is a little too dramatic, but for, for, we'll call it unavoidable source, is that sits Miratza for that as well. So the Gemara says, Miyamrinan ki gemiri Tumas hat I'm sorry, do we say that Tumas hat only applies to the owner, or is not just the carbon Pesach, but the owner itself, the Kohen lo gemiri, but it doesn't apply to a Kohen. When I say doesn't apply, both say meaning the notion that it sits is Miratza, on Tumas Hatahom, is that just a din by the owners of the animal? Or, right? Or maybe no. Maybe Tumas Hatahom is a din in Karbanos. And it doesn't make a difference whoever is involved in the carbon. So whether it's the owner or whether it is the Kohen that sits is Marat on Tumas Hatahom. So we'll say, so just, just to give you the construct that the Mishnah is operating with, right? So the Bible said, the Mishnah introduced us to the idea that the tzitz is meratze on Tumah. Then the Mishnah says, okay, what type of Tumah is the tzitz meratze on? And the answer is, the tzitz is meratze on Tumah of the Karban, not Tumah of the owner. Then effectively, the Mishnah says, by the way, there's one exception to that rule. What's the one exception to that rule? Tumas Hatahom. Tumas Hatahom. Tumas HaTahom, which is a Tumas HaGov, the Tzitz is Meratza. So when we speak about Tumas HaTahom, who do we assume we're referring to? We assume we're referring to the owners. So if the owner, if we'll say, I'll give you just a simple example. Right? Reuben is bringing his carbon Pesach, and then it turns out he was sitting on a, on a pile of stones, pile of rocks, and lo and behold, underneath that pile of rocks was a corpse. Was a corpse. There was no way he could have known that there was a corpse. There's no reason to assume that there was a corpse there. But it turns out that he, he, he sat over a corpse, and therefore he's Tamei Tumas Meis. That's Tumas Hatahom. That's Tumas Hatahom. So therefore, the Mishnah speaks about this. The classic understanding is it's a reference to the owners of the animal. Now the Shaila is, what happens if the coin who's offering up the carbon Pesach, what happens if he contracts Tumas Hatahom and then offered up the Pesach? Is the tzitz meratza on the coin, or does is the tzitz meratza for Tumas HaTahom only for the bailim, only for the owner? That's the shaila. That's the shaila. Amar Rav, let's analyze. Tashma, Titani Rebichia, Lo Amru Tumas HaTahom, Elavimes Bilvad, we only apply Tumas Tahom to Tumas Mes. That's the only type of Tumah that Tumas HaTahom applies to. So the Gemara says, Meis, let me ute my, what is this coming to exclude? Lav, let me ute, Tumasatahom, the Sheretz. So we'll say, Bipashtos, what this, what this comes to exclude is Tumasatahom of Sheretz. Remember, we'll say, Tumasatahom is a description. It's a description that an item that is tame is hidden or obscured in a way that you really could not reasonably, reasonably have known it's of its presence. So what the Gemara is suggesting is, well, maybe this concept only applies to Tumas Meis. Doesn't apply to Tumas Sheretz. Umayaskina, what are we dealing with over here? If you want to say it's the owner, Ubiman, and what type of carbon? 
Ibn Nazir Mimahani Bey. So we'll say, would it buy a Nazir? Would this make any difference? After all, what does the Pasuk say by Nazir? Ki Yamus Meis Alav Amrachmana. Pasuk remember again, by Nazir, the only type of Tumah which deconstructs his Nedunizirus is what? Tumas Meis, not Tumas Sharaz. Elo Ba'use Pesach. Rather, it must be referred to someone who's making Karan Pesach. So again, we'll say, so if you want to say that Allah Chalamaisa, we're coming to learn that Tumas Salm does not apply to Tumas Sharetz, that works fine according to the opinion who says that Allah Chalamaisa, technically speaking, you could go ahead and Shecht and Duzrigo with Tumas Sharetz. Hashto Tumi Yudua Hutralo. Tumas had to home local shakane. If halacha lamaisa, we'll say you could even go ahead and do the carbon pesach even when you explicitly know that you became tamay tumas sharetz. All the more so, tumas had to home. Elalav the coin, rather, must be referring to a coin. Ushmamina hutrala tumas had to home. And I will say, it must be that the Bryce is coming to teach us that halacha lamaisa, the same way that the tzitz is miratza, on tumas had to home of the bailim, of the owner of the carbon. So too the tzitz is meratzah, and Tumas had a home of the coin. Ushmamina, chutzrolo, Tumas had a home. Amr of Yosir, Yosir says, no, not necessarily. Though the olim b'baylim, not true. Rather, again, it could very well be that the concept of Tumas had a home, or I should say the ability of the tzitz to be meratzah on Tumas had a home is only a din by the owners. Right by the Bailim. So the Gemara says, Pesach, and by Pesach, and maybe it's coming to exclude the following Rabbi saying that lest you think that Tumas Hatahom, that Tumas Hatahom applies to other forms of Tumas. Let's say, for example, there was a situation of Tumas Ziva. Tumas Ziva, remember again, we'll say, technically speaking, you can go ahead and you could apply the definition or I should say the construct of Tumas home to any form of Tumah. Let's say, for example, again, to, what's Tumas home of Ziva? So remember, if you go with Rashi's definition, it could be a case of Suffolk Tumah. That, that, that's probably the easiest way to illustrate it. The case of Suffolk Tumah. Otherwise, it could also be, remember, it's not just the person who experiences the emission who becomes Tame Tumas Zav, but a person who comes in contact with that emission could also go ahead and become Tame Tumas Zav. So says the Gimara. So perhaps it's coming to exclude Tumas Hatahom of Zivos. Okay, so we'll say, so therefore, again, the Gemara says, Tumas Hatahom de Ziva, lo Is that true? That Tumas Hatahom of Zivos, the tzitz, is not Meratza? Is that true? Vatanya, we learned. Rabbi Yossi, Om Rabbi Yossi says, Shomeres Yom, Kineged Yom, Sheshachtu, Vizarku Aleha, Besheni Shela, was a type of Pe Aleph. What about the following situation? Tumas Hatahom of Ziv. So we'll say, so let, let, remember, let's keep focused over here. Here's what we know, and here's what we're trying to figure out. What I know is that if the owner of the carbon Pesach, contracts Tumas Tahom, which I will say he becomes Tame as a result of an exposure that he could not have really foreseen. And he ends up offering up the carbon Pesach in this state of Tumah. Halacha Lamaisa, the tzitz is Meratza. Good, that's what I know. What we're now trying to find out is what about a Kohen? What about if the Kohen contracted Tumas Tahom, offered up the carbon Pesach? Ex post facto is the tzitz meratza on that carbon. Now, the, once the Gemara started going down that road, that then led to another question. What types of tumah, what types of tumah 
are subject or are a part of the Tumas HaTahom category. So, for example, we know Tumas Meis, obviously. Tumas Sheretz, we're not sure. And now the Gemara asks, what about Tumas Ziva? So the Gemara says, is that true? But Tumas Tahom, the Ziva Lomeratze, is that true? That if a person contracted Tumas Ziva, and it's the type of Tumas Ziva that's Tumas Atahom, which again, like I just said before, makes sense if you're going according to Rashi's definition that it's Tumas Safik, or for that matter, you come in contact with the emission, but there was no way for you to foresee that that could have occurred. So is that true? The Gemara says that the tzitz is not Meratze. Vatanya, so I'm just reading the last line of Pema Beis. Vatanya, Biosi Omer, Shomeras Yom Kineged Yom, so is the following halach. If a woman has a zava emission, she has a zava emission, which I will say again, if you remember this from our Nida days, so remember again from a from a halachic perspective, this is we don't really we don't we don't follow this pattern today. But again, from a halachic perspective, there are certain days where if a woman bleeds, it's because she's a nida, and there are certain days of the month where if she bleeds, she becomes a zava. So the halacha is, when a woman has an emission and she is a zava, if she has just one emission, she's what's called shomeras yom keneged yom, which literally means she guards one day corresponding to another, which means that if she has an emission on one day, only thing she requires is one clean day, one emission-free day, after that. So let's say again, she sees blood on Monday. So okay, she has to go ahead and observe Tuesday without dam. If she sees that there's no dam on Tuesday, she's fine. She's fine. She's Tahora. So the Gemara, I mean, goes to Nikos, she's Tahora. So the Gemara says, so, the, so now the Gemara says as follows. What about the following case? Let's say you have a lady who's a Shomeras Yom Kineged Yom, which means she had an emission on Monday, and now Tuesday is her, Tuesday is her clean day. And what happens? Sheshachtu v'zarko Allah. They offer up a carbon on her behalf, b'sheni shela, on her second day, on her Tuesday, right? On Tuesday, which is the clean day. So they offer up a carbon on her behalf on Tuesday. And after the carbon, after the shechita and the zrika, she has another emission. She has another emission. So what's that, Lacha? So just to illustrate this, she has her emission on Monday. Tuesday is Erev Pesach. Tuesday is Erev Pesach. So Tuesday morning, she's fine, right? Clean. She goes ahead. They, oh, they do the shechita for her. So she's part of a chabura. They do shechita and zrika on her behalf. And then after they do the shechita and the zrika, what happens? She has another emission. So what's the So the Gemara says, in Ochalas, obviously that night, which is now Pesach, that night, which is Pesach, she cannot go ahead. She cannot go ahead and eat the current Pesach, right? Because now she's Tameya. But yet, interestingly enough, for Petura Milasos Pesach Sheni, but yet she's not obligated to make Pesach Sheni. So the Gemara says, my timer, now why is that? Lav mishum demeratz etzitz. Now, remember again, here's what's interesting about that case. Once she has that emission on Tuesday, then what's the status of Tuesday? What's the status of Tuesday? Status of Tuesday is that now that's another day of Zivos. Right? That's another day of Zivos. See, interestingly enough, what we see over here is, even though Tuesday effectively became another day of Zivos, while it is true that she cannot eat the carbon Pesach that night, she doesn't have to bring Pesach Sheni, which is very interesting, which says that the carbon fulfilled her obligation. Now, how does that work? How could the carbon fulfill her obligation? It turns out that she was a Zava that day. Oh, so what do you see from here? 
It must be that the tzitz is meratzah. And I both say, what do you see from here also? That the tzitz is meratzah even on Tomas Ziva. To which the Imara says, no, that's actually not what this is. That's not true. In fact, ultimately, what it really is is because of another principle. Rabbi Yossi holds that on Tuesday, when she's clean, when she subsequently has another re'iyah, she has another zivos emission, she's only tamea from the time of that zivos. And Rabbi Yossi, words, this is quite fascinating. Listen to this for a moment. When the woman is a Shomer Yom Keneged Yom, so right, so she has her, her, her zivos emission on Monday. Now, Tuesday is her clean day. So she's right... 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, fine, totally fine. They shut the Kohen Pesach in her bath. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she has another Zivos emission. So I'll say, the Shaila now is, how do you view this emission? Do we say now that it turns out that all of Tuesday was retroactively a Zava day? A Zava day. And therefore it turns out that when she, when she, when they offered up the carbon Pesach on her behalf, she was a Zava. She was a Zava. In which case, not only could she not eat the carbon Pesach that night, but in reality she wasn't fit to be part of the Chabura at the time of the Shrit, in which case she has to do Pesach Sheni. Rabbi Yossi says, no, we don't look at it that way. Rabbi Yossi says, we look at it, Mikano Lahabba. Tuesday was fine, which means for part of Tuesday, she was, she technically wasn't a Zava. It's only from the time of the emission and on, that we view her as an active Zava. Therefore, Rabbi Yossi says, technically speaking, at the time of the Shechita, she was fit, fit, so to speak. You know, she, she was okay. It's just now, so therefore, at the time of the Shechita, the time of the Zerika, she was fine. Therefore, she fulfilled her obligation to be part of the Chabura. Now, she had another remission. She's a Zava again. She can't eat. But that's why Rabbi Yossi has nothing to do with Tzitz Meratza. This has to do with how you understand Tumah. Is it a retroactive state or is it a present future state? So the Gemara says, But one second, what about the following situation? Rabbi Yossi says as follows, A Zav who had two Reios, right? So now a Zav who had two Reios, two emissions, so we'll say, so what happens? So now he had two riyos, he's observing seven clean days. So what happens? They go ahead and they do shechit and zrika for him on his seventh day. And then I'll say, so again, seventh day, he's totally clean, he's good to go. And then after the time of the shechit and the zrika, he has another riyah. He has another re'iyah. And same thing, let's say you have a woman who had a re'iyah on Monday and then is observing a clean day on Tuesday. And Tuesday is Erev Pesach. They did the Shechita and the Zrika on her behalf. And then afterwards, she has another emission. It's pretty explicit. Anything they sat on or rested their weight on over the course of that entire day, right? Even earlier in that day is Tame. So you see that we applied your Tuma state retroactively. But yet, interestingly enough, Upeturim Milasos Pesach Sheni. But I will say, interestingly enough, for some reason, they are exempt from offering up Pesach Sheni. So it appears that Rabbi Yossi holds that Halacha Lamaisa, when let's say this woman has her emission on Tuesday, on her clean day, we apply that Tumas status retroactively. So, how, so, so, so first of all, we apply retroactively. But second of all, the bigger question is, if you apply retroactively, then what? What should be the halacha regarding Karim Pesach? What should be the halacha? 
she shouldn't be Yotze. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Maile mafreya midirabanan. I will say, fascinating. Rabbi Yosef is midirabanan. Midirabanan. There's this, we, we, apply, we apply our rabbinic stringency. In other words, halacha lemais Rabbi Yosef holds that when a woman has an emission on her second day or when the Zav has it at the end of the Shiva Nikiyim, we don't back up Tuma status retroactively. But rather, again, what we do is your Tuma status is impacted from the time of the Re'iya going forward. And that's why Bos is really quite interesting. That's why you could have this situation of the Shomeras Yom Keneged Yom, where her clean day is Erev Pesach. And as long as she is clean at the time of the Shechita and the Zrika, ultimately she's yot to the carbon Pesach. And therefore, even if she has another emission which precludes her from eating the Pesach that night, Halacha Lamaisa, she is exempt from Pesach Sheni. I, what do you do about the fact that Rabbi Yossi says that she's metame mishkav umoshav lemafreya? Midrabanon. That, that, that's a stringency. It's a rabbinic chumrah. It, it's really quite fascinating. The Afraboshia, sovereign nitma lemafreya midrabanon. Afraboshia, who subscribes to this idea that there's a tuma lemafreya midrabanon. But the Rabbos say, I want to point out, you know that this discussion of how you go ahead and, of how you go ahead and um, look at Tumah. Do you only look at it, Mikanot Lahabal Lamafreya, but say, this, this is not just by Zivos, right? This is the first Mishnah Maseches Nida, right? This is the Machlokis Beishamah and Beisilo, about when becomes a Nida, so do we assume that she becomes a Nida now going forward, or do we have to back up her status retroactively to some prior point. So again, this is, this is a machlokis when it comes to Tumah. So the Gemara goes like, Your Tameh status changes from the time of the Re'iyah going forward. But we will back up your status. This is your Boshia Omer when a Zav has an emission on his seventh day, right? So he's observing Shiva, right? Seven days. So ultimately, again, the Riyah on that seven days, so it goes ahead and, you know, totally negates the days that came before. Rabbi Yochanan says, I don't understand. Really, when a Zav has a Riyah on day number seven, he should only lose day number seven. After all, if ultimately, again, if you hold that Allah Khalamaisa Tuma goes back retroactively, so ultimately you should lose everything. But ultimately again, if you hold that Allah Khalamaisa, Tuma only impacts you going forward, you shouldn't even lose the whole seventh day. Rather again, what he's saying is you shouldn't lose anything, and not even the day. Why not? From the Rabbi Kai I but how can you say that Rabbi Yossi would subscribe to this idea that she wouldn't lose the seventh day after Rabbi Yossi holds that when there is a re'iyah, the re'iyah causes tumor retroactively mishkav Moshe for that day and laf shmamina betamil lemafreya midrabanan shmamina. Another Rabbi Yossi, you see that Rabbi Yossi holds up this idea that halacha lemaisa when you go ahead and you have a re'iyah, the re'iyah only impacts things going forward. But Midrabanan, we will back up the Tumah. So therefore, I will say, an interesting, without getting into all of the intricacies of Tumah entire right now, but you find another fascinating carbon Pesach case. So we see then a situation 
of a Shomeres Yom Keneged Yom, right, of this woman who is observing a clean day corresponding to a day in which she experienced an emission. And if the clean day is Erev Pesach, as long as at the time of the Pesach she has not had an, an emission on her clean day, and they do the Shrita and the Zrika on her behalf, even if she subsequently has an emission on that day, which now means she will not be able to eat the carbon Pesach that night, she will, she will have fulfilled the mitzvah of carbon Pesach since she was fit at the time of the Shechita and the Zerik, even though she can't eat it, even though she can't eat it, and Halach says she is exempt from Pesach Sheni. So a really fascinating case, really fascinating case, where a person could be fit at the time of Shechita and Zerika, unfit to consume, but yet still fulfill their obligation and be exempted from Pesach Shemi. And introduced to this idea that Rabbi Yossi, who says, again, that the Re'iyah only impacts you going forward, will extend the Tumah retroactively, but only Midrabanon. Quite fascinating. So Rabbi Yossi, Krent Rabbi Yossi, Hashtad Damar Mikano Labo Metame, Krent Rabbi Yossi, who holds that Allah Chalamaysa, Tumah, generally impact you present going forward. So the Gemara said, When the Bryce is said that this only applies to Tomas Meis, what was the Bryce coming to exclude? Nifshot mina Tomas It must be that he's coming to include the case, or right, coming to exclude, or include the case of a Kohen, and coming to tell us that Allah that even a Kohen who becomes Tomei Tomas Hatahom, the Tzitz is about to remember again, that's actually the question we're dealing with. I know it's easy to get carried away with Zivos and Shemaras Yom Kineged Yom. Right? But, but, but Lamaisa, remember, the question we're actually focused on over here is, the Mishnah told me that the Tzitz is Meratza on Tumas Hatahom, and that refers to Tumas Hatahom of the Bailum, of the owner of the Karban. We're trying to figure out, what about if the coin himself contracts Tumas Hatahom? So the Gemara the Olam Bailum of Pesach. No, in reality, we're still talking about the owners in Karban Pesach, says the Gemara Vekasavar, in Shokhtin Vizarkin, Altmei Sheretz. And rather what the Bryce is coming to teach us is that Halacha Lamaisa, we don't shecht or do zrika for people who are tummy with Tumas Sheretz. So the Gemara says, V'itzterich Lemi'ute, and I have to go ahead and exclude Tumas Sheretz from Tumas Tahom. That it could very well be that what the Bryce is coming to teach is that the concept of Tumas Tahom, which means, again, this type of Tumah, which according to Rashi means Safek, according to the Gemara, we're going to see means something that was kind of unavoidable, you could not have expected. The tzitz is miratza for this type of Tumah, but the only type of Tumah that falls into this category is Tumas Meis, not Tumas Sheretz. El Rabiosi, Zova Gimura Hechemishkacha. So, suppose this is very interesting. See, according to Rabiosi, you find, you come up with an incredible Tumma anomaly, which is Rabiosi holds that Halacha Lamaisa, when you have, a, when a person has a Re'iyah, a woman has a Re'iyah, a man has a Zivos Re'iyah, right? Zava, Zav, Zava. So, we'll say we only, that Re'iyah only impacts your status from this point going forward. From this point going forward. It doesn't impact your status retroactively. Well, if that's the case, then how does a woman ever become a Zava Gidola? In other words, they're both saying that Halacha Lamais, remember again, what's a Zava Gidola? A woman who has consecutive Rios, right? Two days of Rios. Two days of Rios, she has to observe seven clean days. So the Gemara says, if we, if we kind of don't back up your status, 
That means their eos themselves are never connected. If they're never connected, then halacha lamais how do you ever become a zavigidola? To which the gemara says bishofas. It could be where a woman constantly be bleeds in an uninterrupted fashion for multiple days. Or you see two consecutive ben periods. So if you see two consecutive ben periods, that ultimately again links a total of three different days in your riyah. Okay, just the detail that the Gemara is following up on. By Rav Yosef, coin listen to this. So a coin who is doing the avoda by a carbon tamid. Right, so now we're switching gears mom to tamid. So a coin is doing the avoda by carbon tamid. home. Oh, lo. We'll say, so now again, we're switching gears for just a moment. A coin is, the coin is performing the avoda of the tamid. Right, daily communal offering. He does the avoda, and then it turns out that's what? He was on lunch break, and he sat down on a pile of stones, and it turns out that's what? There was a corpse underneath the pile of stones. There was no way he could have known about it. But Allah said, it turns out that effectively he did the he did the he did the avoda in a state of tumah. In a state of tumah. So says the Gimara. Intim. So what's the Allah? So is the tzitz miratza for his avoda or not? So the Gimara says, Intim Salamar Koina Maratza Bakabana Sayin Shalaz Ravosa Pesa Khuchla Tumasatahom. Koina Maratza Bitamid Mai Mai. So both say, so again, so now if you want to tell me, if you if we accept, which we didn't prove, but if you want to say that the tzitz is Maratza for Tumas Tom of a coin by Pesach. Okay. So what's the implication of that Lagabe Tomid? Mai. Mi Aminan ki gemiri tumasatom be pesach bitamid lo gemiri o dilma yolif tamid mi pesach. So we'll say here is the shaila. The shaila is halochalamaisa. Can we say that we can learn out tamid from pesach? So the gemara says amarab amarab a kavachomer. Rabbi says yes, we can. It's a kavachomer. What's the kavachomer? So listen to this. Uma b'makom shelo hutrula tuma yidua. In a situation where Tumah Yiduah, known Tumah, the tzitz is not Miratzah, but yet the tzitz is Miratzah for Tumah Satahom. So we'll say, now what does that mean? What, what, what makom? Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, last, last line of Rashi, makom shlo hutshula Tumah Yiduah, klal ki go shein karbanos yachid. So we'll say, for example, for example, if a Kohen knew he was Tame, he is not permitted to perform the service of the Karim Pesach. But yet, again by Pesach, if the Kohen contracted Tumas Satahom, the Tzitz is Meratzah. So in a situation where ultimately, again, even if the Kohen knew he was Tame, he could still do the avoda. Then I both say, now what the Gemara is assuming over here is if all of the Kohanim were Tameyin, Halacha Lamaisa, they could offer up the carbon, they could offer up the carbon tabin. I both say, now I know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourself, one second, the same Halacha applies to carbon Pesach. So remember, I both say, here's the distinction. We've already seen by carbon Pesach, the concept that the carbon could be offered up in a state of Tumah does not apply to all forms of Tumah, right? It only applies to what? Mace. And sheretz, right? It does not apply to, to, let's say, zivos or other forms of tumah. Interestingly enough, by carbon tamid, let's say all of the kohanim were tame tumas zav, for argument's sake. Saloch lemay said they could offer up the tamid. So what the gemara is suggesting is like this: by carbon pesach, by carbon pesach, 
there are certain, right, by what we call Tumah Yiduah, by known Tumah, the coin could not offer it up. Yet, the tzitz is meratza by Tumah Satzahom. That's by Karben Pesach. So Tumid, Shehutshelo Tumah Yiduah. So by Tumid, Rabbi say, let's say, well, all the Karnam are Zovim. Halacha Lameisa, they can go ahead and offer up the Karban. Amad Beis, Eino Din Shehutshelo Tumah Satzahom. It should go without saying that Allah Lameisa, the tzitz should be meratza for Tumah Satzahom by Tumid. So the Gemara says, one second. So again, it's, it's, a, it's a good Kavachomer. There's only one problem. Amri, umi dainin and Kavachomer me halacha. They both say the concept of Tumas Tahom is a halacha lemoshe misinai. Is a halacha lemoshe misinai. You can't make Kavachomers based on halacha lemoshe misinai. In other words, both saying, because halachos lemoshe misinai are considered to be unique, they can't be used as the foundation to teach me something else. They, they are standalone halachas that cannot be utilized as part of a kavachomer. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Mehalacha, kegon kever tomas atom, halacha lemoshim isinai benazra osepezach. So I'll say, this is a unique halacha, tomas atom. You cannot use it as a foundation, as a building block to learn halacha. So you can't use tomas atom by Pesach, well, it's Pesach and Nazir, to go and learn out from Tom because it's halacha lemoshim isinai. After all that time, I'm going to be Rabbi Leza said to Rabbi Akiva, Akiva, etzem kisor alacha, revias dam kalvachomer. So we'll say, so just to give you the background to this a little bit, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi, it's the next Rashi, me dayninon kalvachomer mehalacha. So we'll say, if you skip down in that Rashi a little bit, it's Rashi third line down from the top. If you skip into that Rashi a couple of lines, you'll see two dots. So listen to this. The halacha is that if a Nazir comes in contact with a revius of dam, right, with a revius of blood, that does not, you know, bring his neder naziris to a screeching halt and require him to start over. Now Rabbi Akiva argued on that. Rabbi Akiva argued on that principle based on a kavachomer. What was his kavachomer? So we'll say, Rabbi Akiva said like this, if you have a, a bone fragment, right? The bone fragment, the size of a barley kernel, which by itself does not convey Tumas Ohel, yet if a Nazar comes in contact with it, it ends his Nedr Naziros and he must start all over again. So certainly again a revius of dam, which if you are under the same roof as a revius of dam, you do contract Tomas mace, certainly should bring the nether and zeros to a screeching halt. So we'll say it's a pretty solid kabachomer. Except for those Rabbi Akiva, Ain the halacha halacha. So the Gemara says etzem kisara halacha revias dam kavachomer. So I said the concept that a bone fragment the size of a barley kernel is metame is a halacha lemoshe misinai. So because it is halacha lemoshe misinai, it cannot be used as part of a kavachomer. Ve'in donen kavachomer mehalacha. Rabbi said we do not make a kavachomer from a halacha lemoshe misinai. Ela amar Rava yolif moadam moadam mipesach. Rather, Rabbi said, the Gemara says, "Enochinam yirayf." Remember again, what's the shaila? The shaila over here is the shaila over here is can does tumas dahom apply to carbon tamid or not? So Gemara wanted to make a kavachomer, which was a good kavachomer. Only one problem: Tumas at home is alochal emotion Sinai. You can't make a kavachomer based on alochal emotion Sinai. Which Gemara says you're right. Rather, again, where do, the, where do we learn it out from? Ella Amar Rava, 
Yalif Mo'ado Mo'ado Mi Pesach. you're right, it's not a Kavachomer. Instead, it is a Gezerah Shava. We have Mo'ado by Pesach. We have Mo'ado by Tamid, which allows me to learn the Halachos of Tamid to Pesach. So Rabbi two pieces of information that come out of here. Number one, Tumasat home does apply to Kohanim. So therefore, again, with the question we started out with in today's Shir, which is, a Kohen offers up the Karma Pesach, it turns out that during his lunch, he was sitting on, during his lunch break, he was sitting down on top of a pile of stones. It turns out there was a corpse buried underneath those pile of stones. No way to foresee that. No way to know that. So the, that is called Tumas home. The coin ended up offering up the Karan Pesach in a state of Tuma, unbeknownst to him. He finds out afterwards that sits his Meratza. Same, same halacha that applies to the owners of the carbon applies to the coin. So I know that it applies to Pesach. Does it apply to carbon Tumit? To which the answer is, Yes. And how do I know that it applies to Tamid? Gezer Shava of Mo'ado Mo'ado from Tamid to Pesach. Beautiful. Beautiful. Tumas Atom Gufei By the way, says, just out of curiosity, where does this concept of Tumas Atom come from? Right? So we'll say, so here, by the way, I just want to point out to you, you know, the Gemara, the Gemara, right? Chazal are pretty smart. So we'll say, we think about this in just a moment. When you're structuring this sugya, right? We're speaking about Tumas Atom, taking it as fact. We're talking about who it applies to. And now the Gemara says, by the way, where do, where do we know it from? Right? Where do we know it from? But I say, would it not make more sense to go ahead and structure it a little bit differently? Elamai, Chazal are not just teaching us about, about Tumas Atahom. Chazal are also teaching us about what it means to have Emuna. And I will say, Emuna doesn't mean you understand it and therefore you do it. Emuna means I believe it and therefore I do it. And I'll come to understand it. I'll strive to understand it. This is one of the most important yisodos in Yiddishkeit. What it means to be an Ever Hashem means I'm committed. I'm committed, of course, Cheshwar, who gave me intellect. So I want to try to understand everything. Everything. Recognizing some things I will, some things I won't. But my understanding is not the prerequisite to my observance or commitment. My commitment is what comes first. My understanding in Mirat Hashem follows. And you see this, I will say, I think that this was the Ashkafa, that Chazal, because Gemara is, is often set up like this, where we'll spend so much time going through every last detail, and then Gemara says, oh, by the way, how do you know this, <laughs> right? Where, 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 where does this concept come from? How do I know the statement that you said to be true is actually true? That's what it means to be a Jew. What it means to be a Jew is, I'm in, I'm committed, Ribbon Shalom, I'm yours, I don't, I don't know where Tumas Tom comes from, but if you tell me it's true, I'm in. Right? I'm all over that Tomas home. Right? Hopefully not literally, but you know, figuratively. So let's say, and then after the commitment is there, then the understanding comes. An incredible yisod. So Tomas home, Gufa Hechak say, by the way, where is Tomas home from? <laughs> right? Now both say, now it's interesting. The Gemara says, where is it written? They both say, now why is this an intriguing question? What did the Gemara just say about Tomas home? It's Allah Moshim Sinai. If it's Allah Moshim Sinai, both say, where is it written? It's not. It's not. Now, what the Gemara really means to say is, where do you see like an allusion to this concept of Tumas Atom, right? Do, do we see it alluded to somewhere? So the Gemara says, Amr Abelazar, Amr Kra, Vichi Yamos Meis Alav. So we'll say this is by Nazir. The Pasik says, remember, there's a guy who's in Nazir, and what happens? Vichi Yamos Meis Alav. The image literally is somebody is dropping dead right in front of the Nazir, right? Which, of course, again, 
the imp- the, what's, 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 the, what's the focus of the Pasuk? The focus of the Pasuk is not the guy who died. The, the focus of the Pasuk is that now the Nazir has to start his Nadir Nazirus all over. But the Gemara says something very interesting. What's the word Alav? If, if a person will die on him, obviously it doesn't literally mean on him. So what does Alav mean? B'mechuveras Alav. Where it's clear to him that a person died. In other words, this is incredible. Alav the Gemara understands means that halacha it is clear to him that the person died. In other words, that there's no ambiguity regarding the circumstances. He sees the corpse. It's clear that he's there. To exclude what? To exclude a case where it's not clear that there's a corpse there, or it's not clear that, they, right, that a person died. Ashkecha nazir. So we'll say that pasuk is by nazir. Osa Pesach Minolan. From where do I know about this concept by carbon Pesach as well? Because again, the Pasuk over here, interestingly enough, is talking about by Pesach Sheni and says, mm-hmm. Right? So I will say, if a person be Tamil Nefesh or Derech Choka far away, Lachem for you. Now the Gemara is going to say that Lachem is a modifier that goes bo- back both on Tamil and Derech Choka. So what does it mean that it's Tamil Lachem? Again, the case of Tumah that we're talking about is a case of Tumah, which is explicitly clear to you, which is telling you that the case of Tumah, which, which goes ahead and ends in Nedir Nazirus, or the case of Tumah, which ultimately, again, will exclude you from Karba Pesach, is only a case of Alav Lachem, only where the Tumah's mace is clear. It's clear. You could see it. It was potentially maybe, right? You, you could see it. Which what? Which you could not see, and you had no reason to expect that that corpse was there. So the Gemara says, Rav Shimon Lakish says that Torah is equating by Pesach is equating Tuma to Derech, Tuma to, to being too far away. Just like Rabbi said, if you're too far away, the Derech, that's explicitly clear, you could see that. So to the case of Tuma, must be one that is exposed and clear as us. So we'll say, really incredible limud. So may say, the Gemara is the Kasha, Eizuchu Tumas Hatahom. What's the case of Tumas Hatahom? Kol Shalom Hikir Ba Echad Besofa Olam. This is wild. We're going to explain this more in just a moment. What's the case of Tumas Hatahom? We'll say, Tumas Hatahom is a type of Tuma where no one in the world knew about it. No one in the world knew about it. Now, we'll have to define exactly what that means. I'm sorry. But if one person in the world was aware of this Tuma, that is not called Tuma Sato. So I'll say Tuma Sato means Tuma that was unknown to Mamish anyone in the world. The Rebbe Lazar, the Amr Bebechaber Salav, Adiyadahu. The Rebbe said, according to Rebbe Lazar's Shita, right, Rebbe Lazar's exposition, he said, Chiyamus Alav. It just has to be clear to me. So really, it's Tumas HaTahom as long as what? As long as I didn't know about it. I don't care if anyone else knew about it. As long as there was no way for me to know about it, that's called Tumas HaTahom. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who understands Tumas HaTahom from Lachem, Lachem is plural, as long as it was not known to two people, 
That's called Tumasat Tahom. The Rav Shemim Lakish, Tamar Kederech, Adiyadi Kuli Alma, according to Rav Shemim Lakish, who says, who learns that from Kederech, just like a road is seen and known, so too again, only Toma that is seen and known. That sounds like Tarabon in the world. Ella, so what the Gemara is just pointing out, is that each of the aforementioned drushes seem to have their little bit of ambiguity. Ella, Tumas Hatom Hilchasa Gimirilah. Rather, Rabosai, the concept of Tumas Hatom is a halacha lemoshen Sinai. It is not learned out from any of the psukim that we just mentioned. Rather, ukra asmachta ba'alma. We'll say the psukim that are mentioned are an asmachta. So we'll say this is really quite fascinating. So the psukim are there only as a scriptural allusion, but not actually as the source of the halacha. So Rabbi say we get, so again, the psukim are interesting because they're illustrative. Right, they help us to understand, and that's why Bosei mentioned before. This is why Rashi's interpretation that Tumas Hatom is Suffolk is so difficult in light of the fact that that's not how the Gemara itself is interpreting it. But again, take Kasha and Rashi. In any event, what comes out of Rabosei is that Tumas Hatom means Tuma that I just I did not see, and there was no way for me to see it. It was simply unavoidable Tuma because I should have I could have never expected that Tuma was present in this particular circumstance. And therefore, Allah we see about said that it applies to Nazir Pesach, because that's again, well, that's that where the Allah HaMoshen was taught. And based on the Xeru Shav of Moado Moado, it also applies to Karben Tamid. Incredible, incredible. But let's go a little bit weiter. Amar Amar Bravashi, Lo Shano Zrika, so remember again, now still focusing on Tumas HaTom. So we'll say we've now established that the Tzitz is Meratzeh on Tumas HaTom. But when is the Tzitz Meratzeh on Tumas We'll say when, when, only when you found out about the Tumas HaTom, when, when, after Zrika. So already, I, so the coin did the Avodo or the owner, you know, the Zrika on the animal was already done. Then I find out about Tumas HaTom. Okay, then we say the Tzitz is Meratzeh on Tumas HaTom. So the Gemara says, However, listen to this. If you found out, you being either the Kohen or the owner of the carbon, you found out that in fact you had contracted Tumasat to home before the Zerika, then what? You came to the carbon. You came to the carbon. That might be different by that might be different by by Tumid, depending on the circumstances. But Allah says you came to the carbon. It's being Miratza. On Tumas Atom only works ex post facto. But if you know before the Zerika, before the Shrita, that you have Tumas Atom, that you, that you contract Tumas Atom, you can't go any further. Is that true? Mesve. Whoever thought that really, really, that Tumantara could be so riveting? We usually find these sugyas and like we're like, okay, we, we skip ahead. How many, how many pages further? But I will say, again, again, you have to pay attention. You, you really, you have to pay very close attention. You have to follow every single step. But you could mamish get a grasp on the halachos of Tumantara from these sugyas. These gemaras are explicitly clear. They're ridiculously clear. They're too clear. It almost takes the challenge out of learning. That's how clear they are. But I will say, but if you hold on to it, if you hold on to it, Mamish, you emerge with an understanding of these sugyas. So the Gemara says, listen to this case. Hamotzi mace, mushkab l'rachbo shaldarach. Well, say, get ready for this. This is great. I mean, not great for the mace, but great for us. So the Gemara says, you find the corpse, you find the corpse buried across the width of the road. Now, both say, these are Tumas Hatahom cases, right? So meaning, I'm walking, minding my own business. I walk, I walk, I walk down the road, and sure enough, I see right behind me, they just discovered a corpse. 
They just discovered a corpse. Now, the way the corpse is buried, I will say, is how? Along the width of the road. Along the width of the road. So I will say, what does it mean if it's buried along the width of the road? I passed over it. I passed over it, right? So I, I, I just walked over a mace. And I remember again, walking over a mace is an issue potentially of Tumas Ohel. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So the Gemara says, Lechuma Tame, Lenazir Tar. For Chuma purposes, I am Tame. I am Tame. But I say, look at Rashi for just a moment. It's almost right across. Mushkov Lurach Boshel Derech, Vu Avarsham, the Efsha Shalom Naga Shamo, he said, oh, So I will say, meaning it's buried in a way where I definitely came in contact with this corpse. Either I touched it, either I moved some part of it, either or I stood over it, right? But either way, contact with the corpse was absolutely unavoidable, okay? So now what does the Gemara say? The truma, tome. I am not permitted to go any truma. I will say, why am I not permitted to eat truma? Because the dispensation of Tumas Hatahom, this is the Tumas Hatahom case. Tumas, I, why should I assume that there's someone buried in the road? I have no reason to assume that. So therefore, this is Tumas Hatahom. Tumas Hatahom does not apply by truma. And therefore, if I'm a coin, I can't eat truma. I can't eat truma. However, so the truma tame, the nazir va'osepesach tar. But for nazir, and so if I'm a nazir and I walked over this, it does not end my nadir niziros. And ultimately, again, it sounds like I can still go ahead and proactively offer up my carbon pesach. My carbon pesach. So we'll say, look at Rashi, Tomei, the lo hutra lo tumas hatahom, be lo arko shodar. Fine. So we'll say, see, the idea over here is I can't eat, I can't eat truma. Because tumas hatahom, that exemption does not apply by truma. But I am still fit for Nazirus. If I'm a Nazir, it doesn't bring my net to Nazirus to a screeching halt. And I can still go and offer up my current Pesach. So the Gemara says, Well, also Pesach. So the Gemara says, Tar. Um, I'm, some, I'm sorry. So, Well, also Pesach, Tar. So the Gemara says, uh, I'm sorry. V'chol Tomei v'tar l'habahu. Now, both say, whenever we speak about Tomei and Tar, Bepashtos, that's talking about your status for what? Your status going forward. So we'll say, what does this sound like? What does this sound like? If I'm on my way to where? If I'm on my way, ultimately, again, to offer up the carbon Pesach, what does this sound like, Rabbi say? What does it sound like? That I can still offer it. So you see, here's a case of where I know I've contracted Tumas to home. And yet, again, what does this sound like? I am still permitted to go ahead and go and offer the carbon. You just told me that the exemption for Tumas to home, Rabbi say, is only what? Is only what? Ex post facto. If I found that after the Zrika, doesn't sound like that here. Here it sounds like it could actually continue to go and do the carbon. Rather, again, if you want to, here's what you have to say. We'll say this is absolutely wild. To which the Gemara says, Do you want to see? the expansive nature of Tumas Hatahom, that Allah not only is the Tzitz Meratza for you ex post facto, right? You did the Shrita, you did the Zrika, then you found out you contracted Tumas Hatahom that the carbon is affected, but I will say, even Allah what? Even if you're on your way. So even if you're a Nazir, you just found out you contracted Tumas Hatahom, you're fine. You're on your way to offer up your carbon Pesach, and you found out that you contracted Tumas Hatahom, you are still 
permitted to carry on with the carbon. Now, Bosai, we'll have to stop over here because I feel like we should leave a little bit of Tumasata home for tomorrow. Also, it's too good to say goodbye to it. We'll see Emirat Hashem, Bosai, the halachic parameters of that. We'll see how it applies to carbon Pesach. And Emirat Hashem will see about how it applies proactive versus reactive Emirat Hashem tomorrow. Amen.